Shalom to all. Today's office is Nasr Daf Samach Dalad. We are starting Samach Gimel Amud Beis, four lines up from the bottom at the two dots. And today's office sponsor, Lila Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarah Basar, Yaakov Maisha, Her Nishama Shadavan Aliyah, and Lila Nishmas, Mars Rifka Basar, Meir Zev, Her Nishama Shadavan Aliyah, and Lila Nishmas, Rab David Ben Alter Lazar Yehuda Halevi, has Nishama Shadavan Aliyah, and he should be Melitz Yashir for his family and all of Kla Yisrael. And the Mishnah said, Ketzad Yarad, and this is where the Mishnah was differentiating between Thomas Dahaim and Tomi Yudua, and the example brought was a mace found floating in a pool of water, which the Nazar had been tivel in. Now the Gemara is going to talk about floating Toma, not necessarily connected to our Mishnah. The Gemara tells us, Safa, if we have floating Toma, it's not matame when we're dealing with the sheretz. Titania, really, the gear says, Ditnan, we have a Mishnah. Suffolk, Tomat, Safa. If we have a case of Tomat Besafik, which is floating, meaning we have a dead sheretz which is floating, and the person's not so sure if he touched it. Bain Bekalim, Bain Bekarka, Tahira. Whether it's floating in water, which is in a Kli. For example, we have a barrel of water, and in that water there's a dead sheretz floating, which means like a pond or a lake or something like that. In both of these scenarios, if a person's Besafik, if he touched this sheretz, he's Tahar. Whereas Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Bekalim, Tameya. If the sheretz is floating in water, which is in a kli, so then the suffix is tame. But pekarka tahira, if it's floating in water, and that's where the suffix occurred, the person is tahar. The Gemara Samach Tahar Amud tells us, my time in Tanakama, what's the reason for Tanakama? Amar Vitzlik Barav Udimi, he says, Ksev the Pasuk tells us, Bechala sheretz ha-shayretz, with any sheretz which is shayretz. Shayretz literally means to swarm. What do we learn from here? Kalmakam shu shayretz. The Pasuk seems to be teaching us that any place where sheretz will swarm, so it will be matame a person, and shratzim will be on the water. However, Uksev, another Puzzle says, Al Haaretz, on the ground implying that Shratzim are only Metame on the ground and not on the water. So HaKetzad, how do we answer the seeming stira? The answer is, Vade Magai Tame. If a person for sure touched this dead Sharetz, he's Tame, no matter where the Sharetz was, in water or on the ground. But Safek Magai Tahar. If the person's Besafek, whether or not he touched it, so then he's going to be Tahar if it wasn't on the ground and it was on the water. That's according to the Tanakama. Now, Reb Shimon, my time off. What about Reb Shimon? What's his reason? Why does he differentiate between water and a Kli or water on the ground? So Amr Ula, Ula explains. Except we have a pasuk that says Achmayan. The full quote of the pasuk is Achmayan Ubar Mikvei Mayim Yia Tahar. So this pasuk is talking about a water source that's connected to the ground, and it says Tahar. Ukseh, but then the pasuk says Yitma. The end of the pasuk says V'nagab and Vlasam Yitma. Some of the touches are Nevela is Tame. Haketzad. How do we answer the seeming stira? Is the person going to be Tame or Tahar by touching it? So the answer is Tzafa Bekelim Tame. The end of the pasuk that says V'nagab and Vlasam Yitma is talking about a Suffolk Tama, which is floating on water, which is in a kli. However, if the sheretz is floating in water, which is on the ground, for example, a mayan or bar or mikveh mayim, so then the suffolk is going to be tahar. And the Gemara continues, Tanarban, we have a brysa. Anytime we have a sheretz which is being held or dragged along, if we have a suffolk, whether or not it touched something, so we're going to say that that thing is tameh. Why? It's because it's like it's resting. That's not considered like it's floating. Even though it might be moving, the person's holding it or dragging it along, so it's moving, it's not considered to be floating. However, if it was thrown, so then if we're besuffic in its flight path, maybe it touched something, then we're going to say it's tar because something being thrown is like it's floating. Plus, except for the following cases, if we're dealing with a kazais from a mace, not a sheret, or someone that's mahal on toma, and there's a suffix over there, and anything which is metame above, like below, that's including a zav and a zava, 
all these cases, Suffolk is going to be Tame. Now, let's just explain what that means. It's Matame Melamala Kilamata. So, as the Gemara had just said, this is like Toma Zav, and we know that by Zav, or Zava, or Nida, or Yerledes, if a stack of something, say pots and pans, are placed on a Zav, even though he's only touching the bottom one, all the ones above Melamala are Tame. And the same thing is the other way around. Let's say a Zav is leaning or sitting on a stack of something. For example, a whole bunch of mattresses. Even though he's only touching the top one, or even if he's not touching the top one, because there's something in between him and the top one, but he's leaning on them or sitting on them, all the ones below, Milamata, those are Tame. Now the Gemara goes on to ask a series of questions. Boy, Ryan Barchama, Ryan Barchama asks, Mace bekli, the cleat al There's a mace in a kli, and the kli is floating on the water. Mahu, how do we look at it? Basar kli has lean on. Do we go basar the kli? And we say, since the kli is floating, so the mace is considered to be floating, I basar misa has lean on. Or do we go basar the mace? And since the mace is in the kli, it's like it's resting and it's not floating. Now there's no difference if a mace is floating or not floating, but eventually we're going to bring this question to talking about a sheret, then it will make a difference if it's floating. And the Gemara continues, Imtim Slimer, if you want to say, we have to add the word in lav, that lav basar we don't go basar the kli, so that means that the mace is not considered to be floating. What about if we have a mace, which is on top of a sheret, and the sheret is floating on the water? How do we look at that? Since if a person touched the sheret, he would only be tame till the evening, but if a person touched the mace, he would be tame for seven days. So we'll view it as if this toma is in a kli, because these are two different types of toma. This is looked at as one big clump of toma, because at the end of the day, both of them are tame, and therefore the mace is considered to be floating. We continue with this. That we look at it as if this toma, this mace, is in a kli, because these are two different levels of toma, and Vatame Vadai, we would say that it's 100% Tame. So, what about the following case? Let's say there's a Sheretz, which is on a Nevela, and the Nevela is floating on the water. So, how do we view that? Since both of them have the same level of Toma, if a person touches either Nevela or the Sheretz, they're going to be Tame till the evening. So, therefore, Thomas Mechtahi will say that this is just considered like one big clump of Toma, and therefore it's like a Sheretz is floating. Perhaps these are looked at as two separate things because the nevela is metame only with the size of a kezayis, and the sheretz is metame even if it's the size of a adasha, of a lentil. So maybe it's considered like two separate things. Another level to this question, sheretz al sheretz mahu. Let's say there's one sheretz on top of another sheretz, which is floating. So do we say that hani vadechad shiruninhu, these are for sure one shear, because they're both a sheretz, and therefore it's considered like everything's floating, adoma perhaps, kivin demafaski me'adadi, since at the end of the day, they're separate from each other, there's one sheretz and another sheretz, loy. So then they're not considered together, in other words, they're considered separate, and the upper sheretz is considered to be floating. And then, Tim Salami, if you want to say, Sheretz al-Gabi Sheretz, when we have one sheretz on top of another, Kivin to Mafaski Ma'adadi, since they are separate from each other, Kamad Dami, so this upper sheretz is considered like it's in a kli, and it's not considered to be floating. What about the following? Sheretz al-Gabi Nevela Shini Mucha Mahu. What about if we have a sheretz that's floating on a piece of Nevela, but that piece of Nevela had turned into mush? It decayed to the point that it's mush. It's still able to float on the water, but it's kind of liquidy and mushy. So, how do we look at it? Since it turned into mush, it's considered like mashke, it's considered like a liquid. So, really, the sheretz is just considered to be floating on liquid. perhaps This nevela is still considered oichel because it originally wasn't mush and therefore would be considered a kli that's holding the sheretz. And if you want to say that it is considered oichel, what about the following? Let's say a sheretz is floating on some shechvazera. How do we view that? And if you want to say that since the shechvazera had already come out of the body, 
it's considered like oichel, and therefore would be considered like a kli. What about the following? Let's say a sheretz is on top of mechatas, and the mechatas is on the water. What's mechatas? So this is the water that has the ashes of the paraduma mixed into it. Even though this is water, it's still somewhat of a thick consistency, so therefore it's possible to have this mechatas floating on the water and the sheretz on top of that. How do we view that situation? Over here, we literally have water on top of water, and the sheretz is on that thicker water, so maybe it's considered like the sheretz is floating. The Gemara concludes, We don't know. Teiku, let the question stand. We're going to have to wait for Eliyahu Navi to come and answer these questions. Now, we go back to talking about Thomas Tahaim. Amr of Amunah Ramunah says, A Nazir, or someone who's going to do the Karim Pesach, they went over Kevar Tahaim, which means they became Tame with Thomas Tahaim. On the seventh day of their Tahar process, they're Tahar. So let's focus on the Nazir for right now. A Nazir had become Tame, so he went through the seven day Tahar process in order to be able to restart his Naziros, and it turned out that on that last day of his Tahar process, on day seven, he went over Kevar Tahaim. Rav Amnuna says that this leniency of Thomas Tahaim that we've learned about previously is applied over here, and there's Nazir, and again, this person also is making Karim Pesach, they're Tahar. Now, my time, why is that? The answer is, That's because Thomas Tahaim isn't a strong enough type of Toma to be Sicer everything they just did. Now, Masav Rav, Rav asked the following question. Our Mishnah says not like that. Our Mishnah talks about a case of a Nazir who was Tameh, and the Mishnah said, Yardly Tahar mi Thomas Hames, if this Nazir went into a pool of water to be table from his Thomas Mace, and then it turned out that there was Thomas Tahaim over there, Tameh, he's Tameh. Shecheskas Tameh Tameh, Shecheskas Tar Tar. Because since he went in Becheskas Tameh, we say that he's Tameh. So the Mishnah seems to be precisely not like what Rav Hamnuna is saying. So Amalei Rav Hamnuna answered him, I agree with you that if we're dealing with a Nazir that didn't have shaving yet, and he became Tameh on his seventh day of his Tahar process, so then you're right, he would be Tameh. And that's what the Mishnah is talking about. However, if the Nazir went through Teglachas, he shaved already, it just happens to be he's still on his seventh day, Day, and then he became Tommy with Thomas Tahaim, it's not Sicer that which he did. Now, once Rav Nuna told Rava this, so Amalei Rava, Rava said, I agree to you, and I'll even add on to this, that Ba'isa Pesach, that when a person is becoming Tar from Thomas Mace in order to be able to make his carbon Pesach, also Thomas Tahaim on the seventh day is not going to be Sicer anything. Why is that? Because he's not lacking anything. He did everything he was supposed to do. He's on the seventh day of his Tahar process, so Thomas Tahaim is not going to make him Tameh again. But now Amalei Abayabai asked Rava, what do you mean he's not missing anything? He's missing Harav Shemesh. He doesn't fully become Tahar until the sun sets on day seven. So why are you saying, he's not missing anything? So Amrlay, Rava told him, Shim Shemamela Arva, the sun sets on its own. It's not something he has to do. He has to wait for the sun to set, but he's not the one that makes the sun set. He did everything he was supposed to do. He got sprinkled by the Mechatas. He went to the mikvah. He did all that he needed to do. The rest is up to Hashem to have the sun set. And since that's not something that's up to him, we consider him 100% Tahar. And once again, if Thomas time happens to him on that seventh day, that's not going to ruin his Tahara. Now the Gemara tells us, Even Abai was Chayzer from his question and agreed that when a person's waiting for of Shemesh, it's not considered like they're lacking anything. Now, how do we see this? The tiny because we have a brisa. Now, this brisa needs an introduction. A woman who gives birth to a girl is tummy for 14 days, says the Tyra. Then she goes to the mikvah, and for the next 66 days, she's in a quasi tahar state. On day 81 after birth, which is at the end of the 66 days, she brings Karbonus, is Taival, and now she's 100% tahar. Now, in this brisa, day 81 is called Yaim Malais, the day of completion. Now, what's important over here to know is that the same thing would apply if a woman miscarried a baby. If she miscarried after 40 days of pregnancy, then she would have to go through this entire process. So the Brasa tells us, if she miscarried a baby, 
on her yaimolais of a healthy baby, meaning it's day 81 after a healthy baby, and then she miscarried a fetus that she obviously became pregnant with within that 81 days, so Tavi, she would have to bring a brand new set of carbonus. However, Teichmolais, if she miscarried a baby within that 81 days of her healthy baby, Loi Tavi, she doesn't have to bring a new set of carbonus. The Brisa says, Yacha, you might think Loi Tavi Aleida Shalafnemolais, that she wouldn't bring a new set of carbonus if she had this miscarriage. But you might think that she would have to bring a new set of carbonos for a leda, meaning a miscarriage, that's after malais. We're going to explain this in a moment. The next two words with the Mishtehen, we take out of the girsa because they don't really fit. Tamalaymer, the Brysa says, What do we learn from here? Only if she miscarried on the day of Malais, on the day of completion, then she would have to bring a brand new carbon. But if she miscarried within Malais, she does not have to bring a new set of carbonos. Now this say for the Brysa is talking about a different case. Again, we have a woman that had a healthy baby girl, Baruch Hashem Mazel Tov. Within 81 days, she miscarried a child. This say for the Brysa adds on another level to this, that within 81 days of that first miscarriage, she miscarried again. So the Brysa says, you might think that that second miscarriage would require a separate set of carbonos because it's after the malice of her first healthy baby. Kamash Balan, the Pasuk of Tara, tells us that even that second miscarriage can be pottered by her carbon that she's going to be bringing for her healthy baby. And Omar of Khan, Rav Khan explains why that is. Shani Hacha, this case is different to Machasar Carbon because she's missing a carbon. What does it mean she's missing a carbon? When she miscarried for the first time, she wasn't yet able to bring a carbon for her healthy baby. And when she miscarried that second time, she still wasn't yet able to bring a carbon for her healthy baby because it was still within the 80 days for her first miscarriage. So all these miscarriages happened before she was able to bring a carbon for her first baby. So that's why one carbon takes care of everything. But now we ask a question regarding Yaimolais itself. The Brysa had said that if she miscarried on Yaimolais on day 81, so then she would have to bring a brand new carbon. But why? Hasam Nami over there also. Mechasar Harav Shemesh. She's missing Harav Shemesh. She's not 100% Tahar yet. She still needs Harav Shemesh of that last day in order to be a 100% Tahar, so even if she miscarries on Yaimolais, she should be able to bring one carbon for both her healthy baby and this miscarriage. So it's over here that Amr Abai Abai told him, according to some Gersais, it's Amr Abai Abai answered, the Shimshom Arva, the sun sets on its own. It's not something she needs to do, it's something that she just needs to wait for, and therefore it's not considered like she's missing anything, and therefore, even though there wasn't yet Harav Shemesh, this is still considered Yaim Malais, and it would require new carbon. We see from here that Abai was chaiser from his question of Harav Shemesh, and he agrees with Rava that Shimshom Mela Arva. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.